Well, 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 welcome everyone. I am so excited to be with all of you tonight, my Access fam. Y'all are amazing. Uh, so uh, as we get started here, um, we have a phrase here that uh, we kind of just live by, which is we are a house of testimonies, which is that, that God is, is so kind. He's so real. He's so powerful. And when we share the transformational power of God in our lives, it releases something like in the, in the spiritual realm that plants seeds of faith and hope to anyone who's listening. So our heart and motivation for sharing testimonies is to release God's goodness in any room that we're in. So testimonies aren't just for the stage. Testimonies are for Monday mornings in your meetings at work. Testimonies are for your, your, your classroom at college. Testimonies are for your family who doesn't believe in God. You see, it's not just about come sharing them in church. It's about taking your testimony and sharing it all over the earth. Because when you get, when God heals you or delivers you from depression or God, God gives you a revelation or, or does something miraculous in your life, you see, people cannot argue with a testimony. Like, that, you can argue theology, you can argue the Big Bang Theory versus creation, you can argue evolution, you can argue whatever you want. But when you say, like, when you say, like, whoa, 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 my leg was healed, my knee was healed, my hands were healed, my depression was taken off of me, and you, I was hopeless and now I have hope. When you share your testimony, people can't argue. They can turn their ears off, but they can't argue. And it's not that we're trying to win arguments, but we are trying to give hope to a world that's so hopeless. So tonight, uh, we have three testimonies we're going to share. The first of which is going to be from Leah. You guys know Leah? So we're going to invite Leah up. So we're going to kind of do this interview style. Um, so why don't you tell everyone kind of what you've been going through the last however many months? Hello. It's been actually 105 days. I've 105 counted everyone. Yeah. And I, I just brought my Bible because I just want to show you guys that this is everything. And just like Jake said, it's called a testimony for a reason because it's a test. And it's so funny because I feel like I was so ignorant before, like baby Christian. I'm like, oh, like life's just going to be great now, you know. Um, and then the test came. And it it rocked me, you know? Like, I wish I could stand up here and be like, yeah, like, I just, you know, like, sailed through the storm and it was great and everything was great. And no, there's like 10 plus people in here that have helped me when I've been bawling my eyes out. And I, I say that to say that it's okay to cry. And when things are, when things are rough, it's okay. You don't have to have it all together. And that's coming from me. I'm, I thought I was like so cool and I, I'm, a, I'm a leader and I have to keep it together. And um, like, like Jake kind of introduced me to, like a lot of you don't know what I'm going through. I'm still going through this. And about a year ago, I, I ended up getting some eczema on my body and I've never had eczema before in my life. 
And uh, the doctor's like, oh, it's just from stress, you know, and here's some steroid cream put on it. And, and I started putting some cream on, it was on my lower leg, and, and I was like, okay, good, problem fixed, it went away. And then some more would pop up, popped up on my other leg, and I'm like, oh, that's weird, I'm just going to keep on using this magical cream and put it on this leg. And then it started popping up on my hands and started spreading up my legs and onto my arms and to a point to where I just was like, oh, it's probably this cream. Like, I'm just done. Like, I'm just done with this cream when I stopped using this cream. And that was over this past Thanksgiving break. And I don't know if a lot of you know about steroid cream, but it's an immune system suppressant. And so the moment that I went off of it, everything came out. And I, if you could like picture like leprosy, like that's, I feel like what was overtaking my body. And as a woman, too, like, we're very much, like, centered on, like, beauty and looks and, like, nice glowing skin. No one's like, yeah, I want to have some, uh, some acne right here, you know? It's like, no, you want that beautiful skin. And I would wake up and look in the mirror and not only be able to not bend my fingers, but I literally had spots just spreading, right? <laughs> so... Um, things ended up progressing, getting worse, because I don't know if a lot of you have eczema or have suffered with eczema, but um, when it gets infected, or it's prone to getting infected. And so I ended up getting a staph infection on top of my eczema and found myself, found Bobby Austin taking me to the urgent care on Christmas Eve. And we were just a little bubble of joy walking in urgent care, just like, I need help. <laughs> like, I, I was a mess. And um, they uh, got me on antibiotics and started um, just treatment from there. And so for me, someone who's like, no, like, Jesus is going to heal me. Jesus is going to heal me, you know? And I'm like, God, I'm sitting in urgent care. Like, God, why am I in here? Like, like where are you? And that's the question I think so many of us struggle with is, God, where are you? And... I wish I could just say I was healed, but I wasn't. And I was like, okay, God, how do I, what do I do with this, you know? So I ended up getting a little bit better, like getting a little bit better. I started coming to church and getting prayer, just getting like prayer. Like Jake was asking about me. I, again, this is why we stress community. Like surround yourself with people that when you're facing a mountain, they come up around you and they say, hey, We'll climb this together. Like, we're going we're gonna to get over this. You're going to be okay. You know, like, God is good. And you're like, he doesn't feel good right now. You know, like, no, well, God is good. And he's faithful. What does your Bible say? I had one particular random Facebook person that, because I was showcasing what I was going through and displaying it publicly, they reached out to me and they reminded me of Jericho the story of Jericho and, like, just marching around the city, you know? Like, no one would be like, yeah, I'm just going to go do that. That sounds like a great idea. It's like, no, like, that's crazy. I'm not going to go do that. I was laying in my bed just discouraged. I can't explain it. And the Lord raised something up in me, and he was like, Leah, like, this is your Jericho moment. You need to trust me. This is a testimony and I'm like, okay, God. And I, guys, like, I can't even, like, I don't know if we have pictures of what it looks like. I have like. one. Yeah, Do one of your pictures. One? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, 
but my lower hand, that's when it started. And my upper hand was like, uh, or the upper picture was uh, after I started getting a lot of prayer. I'll, I'll tell you the testimony, but that um, I started walking around the walls of Jericho, meaning around the block, like however many times where I live. And just listening to the word of God, listening to a YouTube video that just proclaimed God's healing, because I didn't believe it with what I was can, facing. Can you slow down there and just yeah. kind of explain, because you kind of said it quickly. Yeah. So what were you? What YouTube video were, were you listening to? It was just a, like, healing, the scriptures of healing. Like, it was just, like, three-hour-long healing scripture. And I was like, I am so discouraged right now, like, I need to get in the word. And guys, get this, right? So a lot of us struggle with hearing God, but for me, like, I know when the enemy is saying something in my head. And I'm walking, and I, like, again, I feel like I was a baby ignorant Christian because I'm like, God, I just proclaim your healing over me. I proclaim your word. And, yeah, I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name. Like, I just stand on your promises. And the enemy, I kid you not, heard it clear as day in my head. He said, you don't even know God's promises. And he called my bluff because I didn't. Because unless I Googled it, I didn't, I couldn't say, oh, no, I do. It says in Matthew and it says in Luke. Like, I, I, he called my bluff. But it was the best thing that he could have ever done because what did I do in that moment? I'm like, I got to know God's promises for my life. Like, I, I got to get in here, right? And so not only did I, I was just listening and listening to these on repeat doing this walk, this walk, come to church, and I had, oh my gosh, where is it, Chris Figures, um, and a group, Kristen Door, a, a bunch of just my, my community, and people I didn't even know, I almost, the enemy will try to say, Leah, don't go to church, because people are going to judge you, they're going to look at your hands, and they're going to be like, ugh, don't touch me, which people have done, they're like, ugh, like, why are you here, like, go home, you're sick, you know, and I'm like, no, God, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up because I want to be in my room depressed and crying right now. But I'm going to show up and worship. Even though I don't feel it, like I feel terrible and I am looking at something that looks so disgusting. And guys, this is just my hands. This wasn't my legs or my arms. This is just showing you my hands. And so we end up getting there and Chris Figures walks by and he goes, hey, I feel like we need to just pray right now. I'm like, oh, can we please, you know? And like all these people just lay their hands on me. And he said, I see, like, next time you go and you take a shower, like, I just see this stuff just starting to fall off, just starting to, like, wash off of you. And I'm like, God, I receive it. Like, I receive it. <laughs> like, you know? And uh, I end up three days later, I end up going, took, like, three showers, one each day, and, like, the stuff started falling off, just wow. falling off. And so wow. I took a photo. I was like, what in the world, right? And um, it's so hard because I know we're on such a, a short right, time. Um, that stuff started falling off. But get this, right? So, like, then you're on this, like, you were in this valley. And then you're, like, on this mountain, like, yeah, God's healing me. God's <laughs> healing me. What happens the next week when it pops back up again? And then it's almost worse. Like, you're just even so much more discouraged. You're like, God, like, what was that? You know, like, you healed me. I went around and I was just like shouting your praise, like, look what God did. And then now I want to hide again because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, he, he really didn't heal me, you know? Like, it's still there. Yeah. Guys, it's a testimony. And so, like, 
I don't know, when we were worshiping, God, God showed me like this, this image in the Bible where they were in the boat, like Jesus was in the boat, the disciples were in the boat, and the waves are just like, the storm is crazy, right? And Jesus is sleeping. And it almost related to me that so many of us go through that storm where we're in that boat and we do not have peace. We do not, we are terrified. Uh, we think that we're going to die, you know, and Jesus is sleeping in the boat. One thing that he pointed out to me is when he got up, when his, when the disciples came to him and they got up, he spoke out loud to the wind and the waves and then they silenced. What that spoke to me is I need to speak God's word out loud over my life. And I've been speaking it out loud over my life. And I've been getting to know his promises. And if, I, if this never happened to me, I would never have gotten in the word. I would have never searched for myself who's God's, what God's promises for my, my life was. Yeah. And so I say all this because I hear the word restore and encourage and that it's okay with if you're here and you're struggling with a sickness, do not give up on God. He is faithful. And so get this, Jesus died so that we could be healed, that we are healed. It says in Isaiah that we are healed. And so I refuse to stand on anything and accept anything less than what Jesus died to give me. And so if I don't, if I don't have it right now, I'm going to have it tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, I'm going to have it the next day. That's and so if it's good. not the next day, you wake up every day with that hope. And it's so easy to get discouraged. I wake up in discouragement, but then I say, wow, God doesn't give me that. It's almost like the enemy takes away your courage for the day. And so he's coming to steal something from you. So what do you do? You say, God, I thank you that you gave me courage today. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to go pray for someone who has eczema today. I'm going to go pray for someone who, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's so good, guys. And I just want to empower you guys that the battle is real and that trials will come they do not come from God. God, some of you are singing here and you're like, I think God made me sick. He did not make you sick. I promise you that. You know why? Because Jesus died so that the blood, the blood of Jesus covers us and removes us. It literally swallowed up all of God's wrath on Jesus. So when we're saved and we're born again under the blood of Jesus, there is no wrath of God. So there's only one other place that it's coming from. It's the enemy. Because I'm, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I learned that this weekend at One Heart. It was just like I learned it like last weekend, you know? It's like every day I just want to encourage you guys to draw near to God. And thank you, Lord, for a trial that pushes me closer to you. Because the enemy, Genesis 50, 20, whatever the devil intends for evil, God will flip it and turn for good. So I just want to encourage everyone in here tonight. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. We'll pray for... Uh... Uh, just real quick, does anyone have eczema? Anyone have eczema in the room? Right here? Leah. Leah, turn around. Turn around. Chris? Chris? Come on. Chris Figures? Where do you go? Do you leave? Let's just stand up in faith with these guys and just pray for them right now. So, it doesn't have to be super, like, like super weird it's just like listen God did it for them God did it for Leah and is doing it for Leah he'll do it for you so uh let's just take like 30 seconds and uh because God God's 
amazing. He'll do it that quick. So just release it. It says Isaiah 53. It says, by his stripes we are healed. First Peter 2. It says, by his stripes we are healed. Um, and so we're healed. And we pray that the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So all eczema, we command you to leave in Jesus' name. Skin be restored in Jesus' name. God, we just pray for new skin in Jesus' name. Now all eggs may leave right now. Amen. Amen. That's that easy, guys. That's gone. I'm going to share. Uh, that's so good. Hey, if you guys, if, if you check it throughout the night and it gets better, we'll have you guys come and share it later on if, if it gets better. She'll pray for more people, too. That's better believe that. Um, I want to share a couple quick testimonies from One Heart Conference that are just incredible, and then I'm going to preach, I think, maybe. Um, so one of those testimonies is actually from a student uh, from our group, and uh, she's in the room, but I won't point her out because she'll get, I don't know, if she, anyway, I'm just going to brag on her. I'm not looking at her, okay? So uh, this is just a testimony of, of that God God wants to, you, to, to, to work through each one of us. To, no? You want to share it? Yeah. Come on. Get up here. Come on. Come on. This is Olivia. She's a senior. Come on. Senior in high school. Okay. Okay, so we were at the One Heart Conference, and it was during prayer and journal time, and Jake went up to tell everyone what we were talking about, and he was like, you guys are beautiful people, you know that? And then when he said that, this girl like kind of got highlighted to me, like she stuck out to me. She didn't do anything in specific, but she just stuck out to me. So then when we all split up for prayer and journal time, um, I was sitting down, and I was like, God, what do you want me to say to this girl? And so then I set my journal down, and he gave me an answer, and I wrote it down. So then I went looking around, trying to find her, because everyone was all, like, scattered throughout the... Like 500 students, yeah. like, running around. Yeah. yeah, so I was, like, searching around everywhere, trying to find her, and I could not find her anywhere. And then finally, I found her, and she was sitting up on the stairs in the mez. But the thing is, I didn't know if she was a girl or a boy. <laughs> Like, because she had really short hair, and she had glasses on and a hat on, so I didn't know. So then I walked past her, and I was like, okay, that would be really weird if it was a boy, because what I'm saying, like, definitely has to apply to a girl. So then I walked past her, and I was just, like, walking around up there in the mess, and I was like, okay, I should probably go back down there and, <laughs> <laughs> and talk to her. <laughs> I know, never experienced that. A little fear. So then I walked past, I walked back down there, and she waved to me, and I waved back to her, and I was like, okay, maybe God just wanted me to like wave at her, and maybe he just needed someone to smile at her. So I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> but no, I was not good. So then I went back, and I was like, hey, um, can I talk to you? I feel like God wants me to say something to you. And then right when I said that, she started like bawling her eyes out. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then she was like shoving her phone in my face, like, look at my phone, like whatever. She couldn't even say anything. So then I got her phone, and she was, like, journaling in her phone, so I read it, and she was, like, 
God, you know that I've been struggling with um, depression and anxiety, and you know the suicidal thoughts that I've been having. And I ask for you to send me um, a sign tonight. If you do not send me someone to talk to me right now during the journal time, then I'm ready to end my life. And then <laughs> I saw that, and she was like, you just saved my life. Like I was just, because prayer and journal time was almost done when I came up to her. So she was like, I did not think that you were going to come. I didn't think that anyone was going to come. So I was just convincing myself to, like, be done with life, basically. Well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so then I was like, wow, that's crazy. So then I still had my journal with me. And then I read to her exactly what I wrote in my journal. And it was like everything she wrote down in her journal. Like I wrote down about how like her past doesn't define her. And she was telling me that she was um, struggling with an abusive home and like she was blaming it on herself. And she was like basing that off of her identity. And she was just saying how she doesn't feel loved and how she's not like beautiful or anything. And I said that, like I said that she's loved, she's beautiful. Like everything that I had in my journal that God told me to write down is literally exactly everything that she wrote in her journal. <laughs> so then I talked to her and I prayed with her. I got the opportunity to pray with her and um, I got her number. Or no, I gave her my, knowing my name and number, but she still hasn't texted me yet. <laughs> Hopefully right. she will eventually. But yeah, that's my story. That's all right. Wow. Holy cow. Next time the Lord leads you to go encourage someone, do it. You have no idea where people are at. And remember, not just in church. Not just in church. When you're at work and you're like, ah, I should just go tell someone, you know. Like, go tell someone, you know, hey, I just want to let you know that I see you. How are you doing? You never know like, where the fertile soil is for someone, right? You never know where someone's at. So Olivia, thank you for inspiring all of us, <laughs> encouraging all of us. Wow. Um, I'll share this last testimony. It's really quick. Um, it was, it was a Saturday night, and we were. it was just some crazy ministry time where, uh, where the Holy Spirit was just really ministering to students, uh, really ministering to students. I could probably spend... Uh, an hour and a half sharing testimonies with you of students being freed from depression, anxiety, and, and the like. But anyway, this one instance, there was a, there was a, a young girl, she was uh, 16, and she had come up front just to, to worship. So she was worshiping. And whether it was a word of knowledge, if you don't know what that is, that's a teaching for a later time. Whether it was a word of knowledge or it was just like, you know, where you just kind of read someone and you're like, well, that person doesn't look very happy, right? So... Anyways, as I was like kind of just worshiping, I opened my eyes, right? And I just thought like self-harm, like cutting. So um, it's not like something you really want to ask a 16-year-old girl. So I had a, another leader with me and um, went up to her and knelt down. I just said, hey, hey honey, um, do, you, do you cut yourself? And she starts weeping. She starts crying and she shows me her scars. All, she was wearing a hoodie. shows me all her scars on her arms. And I knelt down, and it was just a, such a special moment where I just felt God, 
like, like there is just like a, a level of faith that I, like I normally don't have. And, and I look her in the eye, just tears falling down her face, and there's just, just so much compassion. I said, hey, honey, Daddy God's going to take away all your scars tonight. And it's like one of those scenes where you're like, why did I say that? <laughs> like, like, why? Like, if it doesn't happen, she's going to question whether or not this whole experience was real. I don't want my dumb, foolish words to ruin this, exp- like, you know, this, this moment that she's having with God. But I, once you say something, like, you can't get it back. So you just got to roll with it at that point. <laughs> No, anyways, it was, it was a good moment. Yeah, it's risk, right? So I said, God, I said, Daddy God. And it was this thing. I, I normally don't refer to God as Daddy God. Like, I just, I'm not that guy who's like, Daddy God. Some people are like, Daddy God. And I'm like, you're way more spiritual than me. I'm like, hey, Dad. No. <laughs> um, and so there's just something really special about this Daddy God. Daddy God. Daddy God. I'm like, Daddy God's going to take away your scars tonight. Because he wants you to know. This is the words. He wants you to know that he's forgetting your past so that you can move forward with him. He's forgetting your past. <laughs> and so I have her hand, uh, she had some scars on her wrists, and then she had scars on her legs. But, so I just said, hey, would you just, would you just like put your hands on, on where the scars are? So there, she, her hands were like right here. And I just said, okay, now just receive. So I just started, I said, you know, I just said, scars, I command you to disappear. In the name of Jesus, I command you, new skin right now in Jesus' name. So I started ministering to her. And, uh, and she, was, she was losing it, like losing it. And this girl, she was from a different church, and so I know her youth pastor pretty well. And so I was talking to her youth pastor afterwards, and I was like, so is this girl like normal in your youth group, or is she just like, like is she a normal goer, or is she just visiting? She's like, no, this girl rarely comes around. Like, she comes sometimes with her friends, but not, like, super, super often. So, like, you know how some, like, who's, like, do we have Pentecostal people in the room? Like, some Pentecostal people, charismatic. You know, like, when people, like, fall over, right? Like, does that freak some people out? It's okay if it does. So, anyway, like, some people, like, like, I was the kid, and and when I was young, because I grew up here, and, like, I saw people when, like, you know, they line them up, and they're, like, receive the Holy Spirit, and it's, like, and then they're like, and so like, and you get up there, you're like, what is going on right now? You're in the line, like, what's happening? And I was a kid who always faked fall over. So like, I got to be like, you know, fall over and you close your eyes. You're like, you know, someone steps on you. You're like, what the heck is going on right now? That's, that was me. Um, but this girl had no, like, she didn't, like, she doesn't have a grid for like, like, doing, being religious in that way, you know, not that everyone who does that is religious, but sometimes we can so want an experience with God, we make ourselves like, just follow the crowd, anyway, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, ministering, I'm ministering to her, like, praying for these scars to disappear, and this is just a weird idea, don't do this to people, okay, sometimes, anyway, I, I just had the, the feeling to, like, just touch her on the forehead and say, receive the Holy Spirit, so I was kneeling, I just said, receive the Holy Spirit, and she just I'm like scrambling. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, come on, like, save her, save her. Like, not a church girl, like, not a church girl. She's on the ground and she's just like, like, cr- like, just not even crying because she's just like so peaceful, right? And so, just to give you some, some, some perspective, some people, like, I, I, the way I describe it, so why, the reason why some people like fall over 
is because God's so desperate to minister to your spirit that he has to kind of turn your mind off for a second. Like he so wants to get to your heart that he wants to like, just like, hey, we're going to do a little timeout. Like put your mind on a little timeout. Because when in that moment, you're going to be like, what are people thinking of me? What, what's going on with the music cloud? And he's like, okay, I just want to minister to your spirit. So she goes down, and she's just there, and the Lord's ministering to her. And I get a female leader, and she ministers to her. It's amazing. I call the youth pastor the next day, and I say, hey, is her, is her, are her scars gone? And he goes, dude, all of her scars are gone. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, God's got a plan for that girl. This is not a testimony of me. This is a testimony that God not only wants to forgive you, he wants to remove every or any evidence that ties you to your life before him. We'd mentioned it in our series on sex, STDs. He wants to remove any evidence of your life before him. Cutting, if, you, if you've cut and you have scars, listen, God is a redeemer and he makes all things new. And when it says all things, it doesn't mean spiritually, it means, it means spirit, soul, and body. He wants to make us new. Make us look like as if we've never sinned. And so that's just a testimony of that and praise God. Um, if, you, if you do have scars and you've cut um, and, and, and that's like, whoa, I need hope, Come talk to me afterwards. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you, okay? So um, I just have a quick little thing, um, quick little message tonight. Um, we're in a series. We're going to be starting a series. It'll be a short start to it. It's called Powerful People, okay? Powerful People. And we live in a very victimized culture, to where everyone seems to be a victim. Everyone shifts blame on everyone else. And relationally, we've become victims and we're not very responsible for our own actions as a culture. As Christians, though, Christ, uh, God is calling us to live as, to a higher standard that, of that of which we've grown up with, which is found in God's word, which is found in in, in the way Jesus lived his life. And so tonight we're going to be talking about assumptions. We're going to be talking about assuming. We're going to be talking about judgments. And we're going to be talking about what some people call discernment. The biggest, the biggest thing Jesus, one of the main things Jesus came to do when he came to earth was Jesus came to take on the burden of sin, to rise from the dead so that all could have relationship with God, but he also came to model what we were supposed to look like. The first Christians who ever lived were called people of the way. People of the way referred to a group of people who lived, act, breathed, smelled, maybe not smelled, like Jesus. That when you saw a group of people, it was not a, bumper, a fish bumper sticker. It was not a membership class or it was not a profession of faith. 
people of the way was an everyday way of living, of consistency, of power, of love, and of care for their communities. The only way you would be defined as a Christian was the way that you lived, not by what church you attended. So this was the culture that Jesus and the early Christians were. We've turned it into a social construct in which we come to a church service to listen to some dude talk, and then we go home and live as if we never heard anything. And Jesus is calling us to live a certain way to be powerful. Jesus is our model. So love is our goal. Love, it says God, it says First John, God is love. And this is what John 13, 35 says. Are you ready for this? It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you cast out demons, if you move mountains, if you heal all the sick and prophesy every day, <laughs> it says that you are my disciple if you love one another. Look around the room. The way that the world is going to know that Christ is alive is, the way that is, is by the way that you love the people that are sitting at your table. The way that Christ is going to be exalted in America is not by, well, it's going to be by multiple things, but I, I think first, I believe, first, it's when the church stops fighting. There's a, there, 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 when the church stops having a civil war of doctrine in religion, but it's when we, as the leaders, the young, the next emerging church, partner with what God's doing and say, we will love one another. Oops. What if, what if they have a different theology than us? Too bad. Listen, Paul says this. There were some dudes, Paul was out there, and some other dudes were casting out demons and healing the sick in the name of Jesus, but he wasn't part, he wasn't a part of Paul's small group. They didn't have small groups back then. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so this, the, Paul says, hey, there, or, am I saying this wrong? Was it Jesus? I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, this isn't in my notes, so I'm just like totally pulling this from my knowledge of the Bible. So it was either Jesus or Paul. Someone help me. No, it wasn't. No, that's not it. Um, anyway, so they were like, hey, they're casting out demons in your name. And he, he says, if they're not against us, they're for us. If they proclaim Jesus as Lord, if they proclaim that the Bible is the word of God, listen, if you don't believe in healing, guess what? We can agree on this one thing. He is worthy of our praise. We can agree on this one thing. He's worthy of us laying down our lives to serve our communities. That's what we can agree on. We ought to love one another. So, it was Peter. You rock. It was Jesus, too, I think. I think it was, might have been both, actually. I don't know. Someone will correct me. So, Jesus was a very powerful person. Not just that he healed people. Jesus was powerful. 
Not just that he healed people. Not just that he cast out demons. Not that he just raised people from the dead. Not just because he calmed storms. Not just because he multiplied food. No, he was able to get, no one, no one was able to get underneath his skin. Imagine that. No one was able to change Jesus. Not Satan, not the religious leaders, not the Roman guards. No one was able to change him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you have this man, Jesus, who's so powerful that God shows him that his disciples are all going to betray him. God shows him that Judas is going to sell him out. That one of Jesus' closest friends is actually going to sell him out to be crucified and killed. And even though he knows that, Jesus is so powerful that at the Last Supper, they're eating his last meal, the last meal together, and Jesus goes down, and what does he do? Knowing that every one of them is going to turn their back on him. He washes their feet. I only imagine how I would react. <laughs> I'd be washing their feet, and my cock, sprained ankle. <laughs> pull someone's toe. You know, you ever had someone pull your toe and crack it? It hurts so bad. I'd be like, pull the toe out of socket. <laughs> That's what we would have done. But Jesus is so unchanging that it's so, he's so not concerned with the way you treat him. He's only concerned about the way that he loves you because he knows that if you will receive the way he loves you, it will change you. If we only ever see his love for us and the way how powerful and consistent he is, we see that and we look at it as in a mirror and it actually transforms us to become just like that. So Jesus is our model conformed into his image. So later on, he washes his feet even though he's, he's going to be betrayed. And then in my mind, this, is, this, this passage in Scripture makes me weep every time I read it. So Jesus is getting, right, he, he goes, he gets the crown of thorns put on his head. He has, he has the 39 lashes on his back, right? It says he's, he's beaten so bad that he's unrecognizable as a man. And he carries his own cross up the hill. He carries his own cross to his own death. The nails, these Roman soldiers nail him in the cross. Real nails. Crosses legs, nails. And they hoist him up on the cross. If you've seen the Passion of the Christ, you know the scene. You're picturing it right now with his blood dripping down his face, the most powerful statement the earth has ever heard. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All the while, hey, if you're the son of God, get down from there. Yeah, yeah, you heal the sick and you can't even help yourself. What kind of man are you? Right, blow to any man, blow over disrespect and Mocking. Jesus 
is so confident in who he is and who God is. He just says, Father, forgive them. And the same mindset, the same spirit, and the same confidence that he has, he's modeling to us. That we cannot allow what's on the outside determine what's on the inside. That it's from the heart flows the issues of life. That from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that the heart should be protected and guarded above all else. But so often, the condition of our soul or our mind and emotions is determined on how people are treating us. Jobs, school, family, relationships all determine the answer to, hey, how's your week been? We're all guilty of it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty. But just because we're guilty of that does not mean we should remain in that. As a group, as a community, as a church, as a body of believers, we must rise up to the standard of Jesus, not by our own strength, but by his spirit, to be a powerful people that when people wrong us, when they mock us, when they disrespect us, we do not respond as the world responds, but we respond with love and compassion. This is, this is the model of a powerful person. That sin against us, ready, listen to this, sin against us does not produce sin in us. The devil's trap is to get people who are, is to get people to sin against us so that we will retaliate and sin against them. And then guess what happens? They sin to retaliate again. And then I have a, I have a cousin, and my cousin loves me, so he's going to protect me. So then he's going to sin against him. And then you see this web, right? And then I have a, a girlfriend. I don't have, I'm just playing it out. I have a wife, my wife, right? Or like I have a girlfriend and then my girlfriend gets involved and then, and then she starts gossiping about this whole situation because, because she wants to make sure that they're in the right. And then you start gossiping to family and then now you have this whole web of sin, lies, and destruction all because we allow sin against us to produce sin in us, proving that we are weak and immature, proving that we are all about ourself and not his great name because Jesus never modeled that one time and who are we following? Jesus never modeled retaliating. Jesus never modeled gossip. Jesus never modeled backbiting. Jesus, he said, if they slap you across one cheek, what do you do? Here's the other. He says, if they make you go one mile, what do we do? We go two miles. He says, if, you take, if they say they take your shirt, give them the jacket too. Give them your Yeezys. Let's go. Here you go. He says, whatever they do, give it back because it's... Because the world is all about the flesh and God is all about the heart. 
Am I condoning that we should be taken advantage of and be, and be weak and defenseless and make, let people take advantage of us? By no means. But I'm saying it's the heart condition of not letting what happens on the outside affect what's on the inside. It's called being a powerful person. And it's, a, it's to a lot of us, and I'm like trying to gauge like the, the environment of the room. To a lot of us, it's like, whoa, this is like, this is not the way the world operates. <laughs> Do you know that this is like, like, literally, if you go and read the New Testament and you read Proverbs, you will not find anything else than what I just told you. It says, bless those who curse you. You know that your Bible says that? It says, blessed are you when you're persecuted. Because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He said, when people mistreat you, do good to them. In doing so, you heap burning coals on their head. But Vicky told me this week that that's actually warmth. It was like, it's a good thing to heap burning coals on someone's head. I don't know how that's a good thing, but <laughs> apparently it's like a word study that I have to do. Being a powerful person. So, to end, uh, three ways to be a powerful person. Three ways to be a powerful person. So, we're, I'm going to focus in on assumptions here. So, I'm assuming. So, there's a lot of ways to be a powerful person. Best way is just to follow Jesus, read your Bible, and like whatever Jesus does, like do that, okay? But I'm going to try to do a simple version of like three ways to be a more powerful person today. And it all has to do around like assuming. Like, I believe if we stop assuming things about each other, then we'll actually become way more powerful people. It's like you're like looking in the room and you're like assuming, we're all assuming things about people. Like, I'm assuming like you're not listening and I'm kidding. (laughs) Just by your facial expression, I'm sorry. Zach, you look a little tired. I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. So uh, three ways to be a powerful person. Um, Assume the best. When you get a call to the principal's office, like, (laughs) I'm getting an award. (laughs) <laughs> when you get called to the boss's office, I'm getting a raise. Assume the best. Assume the best. If you assume the worst, I'm referring to relationally here. So like relationally people stuff, like, like, like friends, family, like, assume the best. And you're like, I can't. I don't trust them. They've burned me too many times. I know their heart. I've heard that so many times. Listen, Proverbs 16:2. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So why couldn't it say the motives are weighed by Jake? No, it says they're weighed by the Lord. Proverbs 21.2 A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Listen, we don't even know our own hearts. Let's not judge other people's hearts. Now, there are some relational components to this that I'll get to in a minute, but in the initial part, let's not assume Let's not assume things about people, okay? Off they get go. Let's not assume something. Listen, 
what this will do for you, I've been practicing this. We were talking about it in our team meeting this week. I all, what this does, if you, if you carry out these, these later parts, it actually, just, it actually just saves you from a bunch of anxiety. If you assume the worst, this is what happened to me. I had a, I had a conflict with someone recently, and it was, over, uh, it was over an email. And so I read it, and I assumed things about this individual and about their attitude and their heart and what they were coming. So I was like, like it's go time. Like, I know your heart. I know what's going to happen. So I literally planned out my whole, because we were planning a face-to-face conversation. So I was like, when, when, when this person says this, I'm going to say this. When this person says this, I'm going to say this. And oh, oh if, she, if, if they go here, and then, oh yeah, we're going to say this. And so I had this whole plan, and I was like, like, I'm ready to go. I don't like conflict to begin with, so that was causing me anxiety. And then I was assuming the worst, which caused like way more anxiety. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. And then I go into this meeting, locked and loaded, ready to go, right? I know, I know this person's heart. I know what's going to go on. I know the motives. First thing, I just want to say I, am, I apologize because my email came across the wrong way. That's not my heart. And I was like, yeah, I totally, I totally assumed the best in that email. And <laughs> See, all it does is it actually just causes anxiety, and it causes mistrust. So assume the best. <laughs> um, second thing, seek to understand before you start to discern. So seek, when you, when, because here's the deal. Assume the best, but don't just assume the best and not confront or clarify. Like you have to assume the best, but then you have to go to that person. You have to go to that person and you have to like actually go to them. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So God, like what Jesus is saying here is he's like, listen, if you have a conflict with someone and you're up here in the front like worshiping Jesus, like it's more important to God that you have unity with your brother than it is you worshiping God in front of other people. So if you have an issue, like we have these amazing things called cell phones, like you're worshiping, like go, call them. I would love to see people like actually taking this verse literally and when they're worshiping and God brings something up, it's like, let's go to the back, let's call. What's going on? Can I understand? This is, you know, Matthew 5, 23 through 24. So seek to understand before you start to discern. So approach the person and ask good questions. Don't assume their in motives or their intentions. Ask good questions. So in this process, you assume the best. You ask good questions. When you do approach them, if you don't approach them, it won't help you. If you don't have face-to-face interaction, it won't help. So approach the person, ask good questions, seek to understand where they're coming from. Seek to understand. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool, does anyone want to be a fool? Not like a fool for Christ's sake, like we have those people that are, I'll be a fool for Jesus. A fool for, uh, Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinions. <laughs> We have a lot of fools in America. (laughs) 
So when you go to the person, seek to understand, and this is a, a, a phrase I want you to leave with. It's really simple. It says, clarify, don't conf-. It says, clarify before you confront. Okay? Clarify before you confront. Seek to understand before you judge someone's heart. Now, two things are going to happen after you do that. Either one, you misunderstood their motives, and they actually didn't mean to hurt you or whatever the conflict was arising. They didn't mean to do it, and that way you can reconcile and have peace with them. The second thing that might happen in this relational component is they actually did have impure motives, and they actually did want to hurt you. Okay? And in that case, in that case, it's what we do is we express what how the, what we express how their decision affected you, right? So it's okay to have emotion. It's 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 not like we can't have emotion. So we can. So someone does wrong to me, I go to them, I assume the best, but then I realize, whoa, like this person actually does not like me and does not have my best intentions in mind. Like I realize that in in hearing their heart and listening to them talk about the situation. And then, I just, then I'll say, hey I, hey, I just wanted to let you know that when you make those decisions and talk about me like that, like to other people, it, it does make me not trust you. And it comes across as if you're very uncaring, and, and, and it actually hurts me. Right? So I communicate my inner reality to this person saying, listen, when you do this, like, it, actually, it actually hurts, Right? And when you do that, they can either, it, you put yourself in a vulnerable position, and based on the situation, it may obviously look different. So I don't want to give totally specific uh, examples. But in doing so, you're actually just being a powerful person. You're saying, listen, I'm okay, but I just want to let you know when you make those decisions, it, it does imp- impact and influence other people. And then this is the th- third and key point here being a powerful person. Once you have that confrontation, you assume the best, right? And maybe that conflict is still there. Um, This is the last part. Be okay with the unresolved. Be okay that you can't solve a problem like in the moment. Be okay. So in the first meeting, seek to understand if the person is malicious and doesn't have your best interest in mind and you aren't seeing eye to eye, it's okay to walk away and be a powerful person. It's okay. But here's the biggest key. Are you ready for this? The biggest key to being okay with the unresolved is not gossiping about the other person. The moment you gossip is the moment you become a victim and the moment you start becoming a part of the problem. Do you, know that, do, you know that, do you know that gossip is placed next to in 1 Corinthians about sins that are like really, really bad and don't inherit the kingdom of heaven? Do you know that gossip is right next to sexual immorality in 1 Corinthians? But can, oh man, but just please, Bobby, man, would you just pray for me? Yeah. Zach is just, something's going on with Zach. Well, what do you mean, Jake? Man, I just, man, something's been up with him lately. Well, 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 what do you mean? Man, well, I had a conversation with, oh, I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I know you. Okay, I can trust you. 
was having a conversation with Zach the other day, and man, he was just, he was totally, totally just, just being a jerk to Emily. Just being a total jerk. What do you think I should do? Hmm. Maybe I should go, yeah. Maybe I'll go ask Nate. He might have some better advice. <laughs> Nate, did you hear about, did you hear the way that Zach was talking to Emily? Man. Man, something must be going on with him. Yeah. It, it, you see how this goes? See how we attach spiritual language to gossip and we call it care? No, and someone, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, and if, listen, I give anyone permission, okay? If someone does that tonight or anytime at Access, tell them, shut up, I don't want any part of your gossip. I'm serious. Tell them, shut up, I don't want any part of your gossip. You know why, you know, you know why we need to be that clear? Because I'm not tiptoeing around my way around sin. And especially sin that causes discord and disunity in our family here. Let's honor people. Let's love people. Let's assume the best. Let's seek to understand before we start to discern. And let's, okay, let's be okay with like unresolved situations. And let's pray for them. Let's bless those that curse us. Let's pray for those who persecute us. Let's love those and let's be kind and let's love everyone even when they're not okay. And let's be powerful people. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing in the earth, God. And I pray that by your spirit, you would make us powerful people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Have a great night, and we'll see you guys on Sunday morning.